Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 57. Am I trying to express or impress? It's part two of my conversation with Christian and Aaron Anchor. <laughs> Sarah's standing here at the table. She's waiting for me. She's just waiting for me to get this over with. Do you have anything you want to say right now? You do have your own office for this. <laughs> okay. It's called a studio, all right? I have an image to uphold. <laughs> all right. Hey, if this if you did not check out last week's episode, you don't need to. These are two separate conversations, but I highly recommend it. Go back. Listen to question number 56. The conversation was so good. It was so much fun that at the end of it, I said to the guys, hey, listen, are you down for meeting again next week and recording another conversation? I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I know it will go places. I almost said that are awesome, but I'm trying to take the word awesome out of my vocabulary. And they did not miss. This conversation was a blast. I love these two guys. And I have a feeling you're going to enjoy this. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. For those of you joining us for the very first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast, where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sarah. And Strider crying And our floor. crying cat. Why is it? Does this all day. This isn't just podcast time. Maybe they just know that the kitchen is empty. And they can do whatever the hell they want. Oh, what? Just spat a big one. Ew, it's what? right there. Oh my gosh, it's spit. Yeah, when you talk and you enunciate, you spit. No, it's big. When you perform, you spit. That you spit. Of yeah. Something about potatoes. Potatoes from the pantry. Okay, look, um, I know you're this great actor and you play all those Shakespeare guys and stuff, <laughs> but you're spitting all over me, man. <laughs> well, of course I am. You know you've been spitting on me? That's what real actors do. Annunciation is the mark of a good actor. And when you enunciate, you spit. That is a pretty big spittle. I must be, I must be on a roll, so let's keep this going. <laughs> Can I get, uh, you know, all this spitting, all this, <laughs> all this, all this losing fluids uh, makes me realize I need to replenish my... What? <laughs> I, need <Replenish> to, <laughs> I need to replenish my fluids. Can I please offer you a pint of proper? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how you're going to work the peas in. Uh, uh, yes, please. Pappy. What? Why'd you call me Pappy? I don't know. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Tastes like mother's milk. This is round two of my conversation with the Ingrams. Sometimes in some conversations, I like to introduce it and say, okay, this is what we talk about because I want to talk about a specific topic. Mm-hmm. But with the Ankrams, I just knew I, we needed to sit down for a round two of this conversation with them. One of the things 
we talked about is authenticity. But I, I maybe I, am I alone in this? Maybe you can be the voice of reason. Maybe I'm alone in my head where it's, I have this subconscious thing that is constantly lying to myself telling me that everyone else has had it easier or mm. it comes so much more naturally to everyone else. I often think, man, it looks like it was easy for them. And then I think, because I know how the world works, that that's wrong. Yeah. So whenever I think that, I also think the follow-up thought, yeah. whereas I'm just seeing their curated version of themselves or yes. their final product. Yes. So I always know that. So I'm able to kind of talk myself off that ledge. Yes. Because I know what I'm telling myself is bullshit. Yes. And now it makes everything that you're saying, it makes it so much easier for people to portray the thought that they have it together because now tools, creative tools that would that would allow people to represent something that they have in their mind that doesn't exist and create it and edit it, whether it's video, audio, photo. Uh, was the first things that come to my mind for some reason. The tools are so much more accessible to everyone. So now in our everyday life, everybody holds a mini Right. marketing tool in their pocket saying, yeah. on their phone so you can edit the photos you can you can take a hundred instead of everybody having a roll of 24 you have to get the exposures right mm-hmm. make sure your makeup's right and then take a really great shot now you take a hundred shots and find one where you look and then airbrush it then airbrush it out and then some other yes 12 year old is like well that's what they look yes. like on the regular yes i think that is a good reminder that people need to hear because i know that's true but it's still good to hear it yeah because we just all walk around feeling like garbage that's uh, that's by the way I I that's why I really do like your hand your tagline on Instagram that says my curated life. Yeah, I don't, it's just, I think that goes over pe- some people's heads. I'm sure it does. But I like that the, it's the term curation is it's basically a a job that people do yes. in museums to curate the collection. Okay, we want to have um, African artwork from the 1500s. Okay, someone's job is to curate that collection. Yes. And so. I think that's a funny term for everyone's presence on social media because it's it's our highlight reels. It's the best of the best. Sometimes it's bullshit. Sometimes it isn't, but it's definitely the highlight reel. Oh, man. Hell, yes. I, and the reason I like that you, you say that is because your personality is that you don't... It's not that you want to burn the ship down with it and say all social media is wrong because you, you're on it. But let's call, it, what, call it, it what it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do want people to know that the majority of this conversation has been recorded with a cat on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And a crick, in, a crick in my neck. And a crick in your neck. Let's end up with this. I sat down with Aaron and Christian Ankrum two weeks in consecutive, and I had a blast talking with them. And here's the deal. I did this on the last, I did this last week, but if you stick around to the end of my conversation with them, I'm going to play for you a single off their brand new album, Surface. The single's called Ordinary Love. What are you? <laughs> Sarah? All right. Sarah has full on left the table and gone into the kitchen to feed the cats. So I'm going to wrap it up. This is my conversation with Christian and Aaron Ankrum in Northeast Minneapolis at their studio where they recorded this album, this newest album, Surface. Oh, man. These guys are great. You can find them online at grayshot.net. By the way, it's spelled G-R-A-Y-S-H-O-T.
So I think this is real, but <laughs> Bill Murray goes up to someone at a restaurant, takes a French fry off their plate and eats it, complete stranger, and looks at him dead in the face and says, no one will ever believe you. <laughs> Being a celebrity, having the self-awareness that like you could use your celebrity in such a like yes. funny, bizarre yes. way, because unless you're completely full of yourself, once you yeah. actually got there. Yeah, I know. Like, you'd have to realize that it was something special, kind of not of yourself. Yes. Like, circumstantial, whatever. Instead of thinking that you're everything. But, like, once you get there, have fun with it. Yes. Like, realize that it's like if you had an extra arm growing out of your back. Like, (laughs) it's just something that you can have fun with and... I don't know. And hopefully use it, figure out a way yeah. to use your like advantage. Tom like, yeah, you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to get new shirts, maybe grab a couple new jackets, like change your life uh, around a little bit. So, like position the way you hold yourself when you sit in a chair with that arm sticking out your back. But once you get that all figured out and you kind of <laughs> get didn't used to you it. Well, <laughs> yeah. once you figure that out, yeah, then for sure, just ma- use it to right. your advantage. Talk about micro celebrity. My daughter is five, she's in yeah. kindergarten, and I went to pick her up with my other brother. And as we're leaving, she's walking by all the kids from her school who get on the bus to go home. And like probably like 15 kids in a row are going like, bye, Savona, bye, Savona. My brother goes, Savona, are you famous here? And she goes, no, it's just that a lot of people know me. <laughs> it was just like this, like just I'm not famous, but everybody knows me. Like, yeah. You know what is interesting? I, didn't, I I love this story about her. What I hadn't thought about is... What does that mean that famous means to her? Right. Because if it's not about people, like, what is she seeing that says, like... She's not on YouTube. That's not what I am. Man, well, that makes me think of this weird (laughs) phenomenon that's going on right now that, what is it, one of the number one jobs that young kids say they want to be when they grow up is a YouTube YouTube. celebrity? It's crazy. That is so weird. That's so weird. And the... uh, the the gap between understanding of what that actually means, what yeah. so what you actually want in life. Mm-hmm. Oh man! You know what, what was interesting? I I was reading this. I don't know. It was like Rolling Stone or GQ or whatever article. My wife brought a, a magazine home from the plane, and mm-hmm. I was like, "I'll check it out." Sean Mendez. Yes. He started out as like a Vine guy. Oh really? And vines were like seven seconds or something like that. And he was pretty candid about like, uh, yeah, I would spend sometimes three to four hours to get the exact sound, the exact look right at the very end, play it exactly how I want, just so it was the perfect seven seconds when he would play his little seven second covers or whatever really? he was doing. Wow. Which I've sometimes felt like when we're when we're making an in-studio performance or something like... Uh, I mean, we're doing in ears, or, or mm-hmm. we're doing something. We're doing something that's like not um, just exactly how we do it live. You know, like oh, later we're coming back and putting some reverb on the vocal. Okay, I'm like, God, oh, that feels a little like you know, plastic or something. You know, that oh, we're doing that. Yes. And <laughs> there's this thought of, uh, am I being like the authentic? Yes. Am I being authentic right here because we're doing this? Is it? Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Should, should we put some reverb? And now I'm like, I, th- I think it's okay that we did two takes and we put a little reverb on the vocal. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also think about like, <clears throat> if it's seven seconds that you have to perfect or like you're perfecting something for those seven seconds, 
you have so many chances to do it over and over again to like get it right. And oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> like three to four hours to get seven. And what seconds. grind? <laughs> if only. I love this. We yeah we do we you're what are you eating right now? A red bell pepper. I love that. <laughs> I felt like I packed a nice lunch today. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, okay, you you made me think of something. Uh, what, what? So many things, even that you guys are saying that just that are triggering things in my mind. I'm just triggered over here. I'm just freaking out. Uh, the, <laughs> the, just wait till you have coffee. <laughs> yeah, so just, yeah. Okay, one of them is. Can you hear over that guy over there? Oh, that's fine. Who gives a crap? Sorry, coffee's almost up, oh, guys. Here's a thought authenticity when you're creating something yeah uh, <laughs> dude you can sit in your chair and and that looks and grind those coffee. That looks awful. <laughs> that looks worse. what is he doing <laughs> that's not how it works i think he's grinding <laughs> coffee but all right where are we going okay so authenticity with creating something there is, i think there is this misunderstanding of people that listen to something listen to audio or watch listen to music or watch tv they think you just did it. That you just plugged in and you started playing and it sounded that good. People don't understand everything it takes to get as polished as people are yeah. when they put out something. They don't know how many they don't understand how many hours it takes for someone to edit a YouTube video. And I think because of that, it instills within us as creators, once you start creating something for yourself, the second guessing of yourself. Well, it's not coming quickly to me. It's not it looks so easy oh and effortless to, effortless, yeah. effortless to everybody else around me. But uh, when I try to do something, when I try to play something, write something, say something, it doesn't come out perfectly the first time. So there must be something wrong with me. Right. And I need to be authentic because polishing it and editing it, that's not authentic. That's some sort of lying yep. to everybody. Right. Yeah. This this makes me think of something that Brian, uh, who we might hear as Beats next door, said to me. Yeah. He and his wife have this conversation about, um, like, when you listen to old records mm -hmm. where they did just, like, you get a couple, you know, you're checking it all live or, like, you're not punching in, you're not overdubbing, like, you're putting a vocal down, that's it. There's this very distinct difference where everything was wider. The, the tuning, the range of acceptable tuning for every instrument was wider, Right, mm -hmm. uh, the pocket was maybe a little wider because you're not thrown down to a click. So the oh range man, of okay, now I know what you're pitch. saying with wider. Yes, in the sense of you, you have more flexibility between what you think is in tune or yes. where the groove is. Yes, I've never thought about that. Yep, and oh, now yes, when you've got like these super precise tuners and you're playing along to digital instruments like synth and stuff, they're like right on the money. Your your range for uh, when it's going to sound out of tune is a lot. You have a lot less range for that. Yes. Oh, man, that's interesting. Man, I have a hard time I, sometimes listening to old records or playing along with them because, you know, even you, you can listen, you can pull something up on Spotify, say something digitally, you can pull up an old album where they have taken the LP and they've transferred it over. And I don't know if it's because of their how it was originally recorded or maybe the speed of the. Uh, LP. Oh, that is they, just that like it's out of, out of tune. Like the whole thing. Like did they were they not tuning their instruments to oh, A440 yeah. exactly? Because the whole recording is pitched down a yep. little bit. So I don't know. Well, I think about in that uh, Led Zeppelin's "Good Times, Bad Times." Yes. You know that tune? Yes. Okay. So after the guitar solo, 
I'm pretty sure the bass keeps going with the guitar solo. I haven't listened to it in a while, but like I remember when I was like learning hmm. it, I was like, oh, he goes back to what he was doing, and it sounds funny. But like looking back at it, I'm like, he probably just screwed up. And they're like, that was a great take. Yeah, let's put it in there. Yes. Um, and that's always been something. I'm like, that wouldn't happen. Like it's so easy to take another pass now that you just would, mm-hmm. especially a band at that level. Punch me in. Yeah. Right. I almost wish we could pull it up. Then you could tell me. What I mean, you listen. Think. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to listen to that. And it comes back to your your point about. I think because of the mindset you, you when you brought this conversation, or whatever this is, this thought. <laughs> what the hell are we doing when here? You, <laughs> what have we started yet? <laughs> when, you, when you brought this thought up, you were saying that, that insecurity, that questioning of like, uh, you know, why? And a lot of times when I'm producing someone, I'm saying, I know you don't feel good about this, but this is actually the most like uh, impactful thing that has happened like vocally mm-hmm. or the thing you did on the guitar was like, <clears throat> like, yeah, I know yes. you hear it as a mistake cause you didn't do it intentionally, but like, you know, the, like Led Zeppelin's like, yeah, that's great. Great take. Oh you yeah. Know? And because, because we'll they've seen me a hundred times be like, zip, zip, zip. Like, yes. like, well, no, just fix it. Like, yeah. well, uh. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. And even though it's easier now for you to fix it, it's just yes. a couple things to punch in. Do you think it loses something? The more you dive down to the world of fixing, do you feel like you are taking away I, I something? Th- I think that um, one one of the major skills to hone, and some people have it more or less naturally, is the awareness of like what's actually the most emotional take or the, the thing that's emotional. Because, um, and maybe more so that I wish... I could show my hands audibly what they're doing, but like as you're like stroking, your I'll legs, do a play by play. Yes. Your hands down your shirt. Now. Left hand is lower, and now the right hand's higher. And now his and now pants are starting to come off. Yeah, inversing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a teeter totter. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the more technology has given us the ability to fix things, the more aware you have to be of um, not fixing, so that you don't sacrifice the emotional thing. Whereas before, it was harder to fix, so. You had to be like, ah, oh, mm. we can get a better take. Yes. So like, th- there was this balance. And I think there was some point at which, at which like, it went to the other side where, yeah, it's easy to fix. It's yes. hard to find the emotional take and convince someone to deal with it. <laughs> yes. Collaboration is hard. And I don't mean, because I feel like it's one role or the other. And I, I don't naturally, I've learned and gotten better at this, but very few people I think are naturally good collaborators. I think there are people who can either lead or follow fully. I think most people, you like, you're good when you need to lead. If you have some leadership ability, you do a good job, and mm-hmm. and you re- recognize sometimes I'm not the leader. So then I'm just I'm gonna just let you call the shots here. But like actually collaborating and being like, I've got an idea. You're not into it. Okay, what's your idea? Okay, I'm not fully into that, but maybe we can like doing that and not. <clears throat> Still having something to add. Not, not just dominating sitting, and yes. not shutting down. Yes. Is hard. Yes. And staying in it because it requires... It's like just being human. If you're a little tired, if you're a little hungry, if you're a little whatever, you get pissed if someone doesn't like your idea, even though you didn't like their idea. Like, that's just how we feel a lot of times. Yes. And there are some people, though, who are just really naturally good collaborators. Like, they hold everything really loosely. And yes. there's a downside to that, too. Because then sometimes, like, the... The, the, like, 
to get something put out into the world that you care deeply about yeah. can be harder to do. But like, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing when someone is so open-handed about collaboration. Like, there's been a few people I worked with where I'm like, oh, oh you're so gracious with this. Like, man, yeah, you, you spun that into in life. I feel like that's something I'm trying to be more of is where, where it's like, it doesn't have to be a certain way. Like, uh, how do I put this? A friend of mine was describing another friend as saying, <clears throat> the strength that they have is their identity not being wrapped around one thing. Mm. And in this conversation they were having, he said, it, it was one of those things where he was really like fired up about one thing. Somebody else said something that went against what he thought. And he goes, wow, I guess actually maybe I don't need to... Th- feel so strongly about something almost that that point where you bring an idea you bring a philosophy to the table that you're very you think you're uh you've figured out but then the information that's coming in and the the collaboration part you're not afraid to let that thing change that you've you've brought so far already but that doesn't mean that that's the only uh Gosh, this is getting super abstract. Oh, I love this. I love where you're going with this. <clears throat> you bring something to the table that you've worked out, that you've thought about so much. And the fact that someone wants to collaborate with it and just give it a little spin or a little shift doesn't mean that the work you did is in vain. It just means that it's getting another shift from an outside source that actually can make it better. And that could be musically, but that could also be who you are as a person, right? You've brought, I've brought my 34 years this far by myself a lot of times, but also with other people. And to say that this is just the trajectory that I'm on and that won't stop is one of the most dangerous things I could say. Instead of saying, there will still be shifts the whole time. And that doesn't change or negate where I've come from. It actually enhances it. Yes. Oh, I think that we as a culture do not, we do not value or even allow people to change their mind mm-hmm. uh, it's in a life. Weakness. It's a weakness. Yeah. If you change your mind, if you've been given new information and you change your mind, then we even have a term for it. You're flip-flopping yeah. on a topic. Yeah. You're going back and forth. But n- the thought that no, by moving, by being, f- by when you say the flexibility, I, in my mind, I'm, I translate that to, um, being open to change, being open to have your mind changed to holding on, having, believing things, but Mm -hmm. then saying at the same time, if given new information, I'm willing to change my mind. Yeah. And anything in life, we just don't value changing and moving forward. I think, yeah, it, it comes back to, we want someone who's been steadfast, that's, that's had the right thing all the time. But man, I just think back to 15 years ago, I had thoughts and views on how this world worked. And 15 years later, I've seen more of the world and that has changed how I perceive it and how I believe that it works now. Um, And if I, decided at some point to not change 
I would have to just protect what I had previously thought. And that's when you get really defensive about things, which I get defensive about things. Like I'm yes. a human, right? Yeah. But like you get defensive about the things that, uh, not necessarily that you don't need to, but because the philosophy of protect what I think instead of yes. open it up to um, to challenges, to whatever. Once you get to be about a certain age, all of a sudden, nobody likes you anymore. <laughs> because, yes, yes. Because you've just thought the same thing the whole time. And and you're holding so firmly to everything you believe and there's no right. willingness. Yeah. And you're the person who someone's like, well, they tell it like it is. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but maybe they just tell it like they think it is. Yes. And I disagree with that. Yes. What the, you guys, this, the points you're making makes you wonder what in all of existence is in a good place when it is static? Like there's absolutely nothing. And that I can think of, like everything is like taking on new shape, new form as it goes. Um, you have to let some things die and let some things come to life. Talk about idea, talk about being a human, but like when you're talking about this mindset of, uh, static versus um dynamic dynamic thank mm. you the the people that i know that are in their later years that don't seem like they've aged are the people that have not drawn those lines they've not decided they need to have all that certainty is the goal mm. of these things that um that because when i was 22 piping off about all these weird thoughts i was having they would listen to me and consider that like maybe he's got something even though most people that age would be like this is not a valid source of information because he's young yes. he couldn't possibly have a valid thought yet yeah exactly like he's not been through anything and the way that they've stayed young by changing and and the the problem i think with the flip side the static is that not only is it a thing that happens and it's a natural thing that happens a, there's a strong pull as a human for that to be the goal. Like we talked about this maybe a little bit last time, like the set it and forget it. I want everything in my life to be set it and forget it. I want my relationships. They're good. I want them to stay good with no maintenance. I want yep. my home, my car, my equipment, my body, my hair, my clothes, everything. I just like get it there, stay there. That's ideal for me. Yes. But nothing worth having in life doesn't takes an extreme amount of effort yes. and at the same time holding it loosely like hold your relationships loosely so that you're not deciding who the people you love are and staying that way their whole life the, your idea like christian was talking about like you come in and like you, you brought it in for a reason but how much is wrapped up in that like the ego are you is the the reason i don't like you bringing your idea in because it won't be recognized as my idea anymore mm. or because i think it's making it worse and sometimes it's maybe because it's making it worse yeah but then you you <laughs> have to like decide like why do i not like that yeah do i not like it because i'm like this or i'm like oh it lost the it lost the air yes. you know like what was it what is it some things should say the same right it's yes not, you know like yes for a uh, while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where, how do you find, or bo and both of you, this is for, how do you find the balance between um, conviction or opinion 
uh, in some whatever it is. So you, you, you could take this for life or music. Where do you find the balance between conviction and open to being dynamic? Like, where do you find that balance in your life? This has become like a foundational thing for me in the way that it's been really helpful. It's uh, experience versus ideology. Um, sometimes you subscribe to an ideology, at least as like a starting point, like this is how you make music. But if you keep, if you only ever keep going down by that ideology, like it's obvious what's going to happen because no ideology is perfect. Like there's no set of parameters in which everything's going to work always all the time. But if, but if you, even if you start out with ideology and then you start to be informed by experience, um, like my father-in-law, he said, really beautifully. He was like, yeah, you know, he's super handy. He can build a house. He can build a car. He can whatever. He's super creative. Like, so he'll always do things a little outside the box too. And so people are, you know, family members are calling, what should I do? What should I do? And he's like, and I will tell them, I'll say, I would do it this way because when I've done it the other way or this other way, it, this has gone wrong. And this has worked in my opinion. And then I let them decide because it's theirs, Mm. you know? So he's like, I just tell them my experience and then that's all I can really do. Yeah. You know, so nobody can argue with your experience. No one can argue with your experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, sometimes you'll recognize like maybe my experience was kind of tainted or affected by something, right? Like I experienced this thing really negatively and I need to try again because so many people I trust their experience is different. But like then it's a constant flow and it's not rigid. It's not how it is. Sorry, yeah. I'm just thinking about my daughter again. She what does it she doesn't like ketchup because she tried it once. So she never wants to try it again. Ninety nine percent sure she will try ketchup again in her life and she will like it. But at this point in her life, it's a fact that she doesn't like yes. ketchup. Mm-hmm. Like, Part of my identity is that I do not like ketchup. Exactly. And now I've said it so many times, right? And mm. sometimes we just We've had those one or two experiences that were like, we got to just never have that again. We've got to stay away from that bad experience. And it like kind of you're saying, like, how do you navigate what's static, yeah. what's dynamic? I think we're, we're quick to just assume that the first try or the second try, like that makes the decision on whether we can open ourselves up to something, not realizing that we need to continually... Oh gosh. But then again, it's, 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 <laughs> it's circumstance by circumstance. But like, uh, when, when you were talking about my reaction was like in my relationship with my wife, like there are static things that are, are in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also dynamic stuff within it. So it's the complexity of there are things that will never change, but we have changed as people too. So yes, I need to like, I need to realize that we have kids now together that we're not the same as we were when we were just starting out and you did your thing and I did mine. Now we're together. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Another thing that based on what you guys are saying, a thought that came to me that I don't know, I've really processed before, but so I'll just try and do it live on the mic. Story of my life. (laughs) I think that the healthiest version of any of this stuff, both sides of this are representative. And I think I'll I'll even bring in some maybe hot button words, but conservative and progressive. Conservative by nature is protecting something and progressive by nature is pushing a boundary. 
right? Mm -hmm. So if you like, I'm thinking of the story of ketchup. Like, mm -hmm. it's evolutionary that at certain phases of our lives, we set a boundary or a boundary is set for us, and we respect that boundary until we are mature enough to cross or transcend that boundary. So when you're a kid, you learn, I didn't like that. I'm not doing it. I touched that hot thing. I'm not going to touch it again. Right. I started across the street. My dad grabbed my hand and saved me from that car. Not going to do that again. But it, so if you stay that way your whole life, you'll never cross the street. You'll never cook. You'll never do these things. But you, so you, you have to be taught to respect the boundary until you know you're mature enough to transcend or someone helps you realize you can transcend that boundary. Mm -hmm. And the conservative nature of a relationship to me, because I'm super conservative in some ways relationally. Like, I know that if I don't protect certain aspects of my relationship with my wife, that it is going to implode, right? Like, if I if I allow certain factors that come into it that I think are pretty obvious, like, boom, it's going to explode. But if I stay only in conservative protect mode, what's going to happen? Right. It's going to die. If it's only about preserving what is and not progressing and growing it. Yeah. It's gone. Same with everything. <laughs> like, yeah. mm. kind of the the Anthony Bourdain thing you're talking about. Yeah, I love the or that quote that you put up yesterday. I love the idea of needing to be with different people. Can you give, do you remember the quote? Can you yeah, pull up I, your, your gram? I'm gonna pull clip? it up because <clears throat> I want to get it right. Because, <laughs> but I've thought with with travel, that's been one of my biggest areas of <clears throat> yeah it's changed me it's changed my thought on the world because most of us grow up in the same place yes. and a lot of us stay in the same place our whole life yes um but getting getting to sit down at a table with someone else that you either don't know or even better completely disagree with to sit down and share that common experience, whether it's eating or realizing that you have similar interests. Yes. The quote I put up was, to be treated well in places where you don't expect to be treated well, to find things in common with people you thought previously you'd had very, very little in common with, that can't be a bad thing. Right. Mm. The static part of who I am yeah. is all the like the factual things of me, right? Mm -hmm. And then the dynamic stuff is how I perceive the world. Like I, I thought this stuff because of the collection of experience I've been. And then the dynamic is when you get to those places that um, that change, that expand what you think uh, are so important. And the, I'm trying to put these two things together, but kind of like you were saying, like, you need both of them very equally. You need to know who you are because, uh, or at least like the, uh, the idea that who you are is something and that the dynamic part of who you are is where you're going. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Mm. I'm getting that tattoo. <laughs> so deep. Well, how else do you process the fact that we're all on some level unique individuals with like some sort of conscious thought and also undeniably part of a, a whole my body's going to turn into dirt someday yeah like that's an inevitability yeah right so yeah. like the static this is a thing i am a thing i'm also 
was something and becoming something else, just even my physical body is. Yes. And if, if any, if like you subscribe to the fact that this, the fact, if you subscribe to the idea that uh, this is a creation and that the creation would somehow indicate to us the way things work, it would seem that on that basic level, that would help inform maybe the way we view other things, whether it's yes. spiritual, re, uh, political, relational, creative approaches. Man, okay. Uh, check out this quote that I wrote down that Stephen Fry, do you guys know who Stephen Fry is? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Stephen Fry. He's Steve? You know Steve? Steve? You know Steve? You know Steve, right? Oh, man, Stephen Fry. You don't know who he is, is or you don't like him? I don't think I know who he is. Okay. I might. Oh, man. He, it, it's so fun. Okay, even trying to. Uh, who's Stephen Fry? What does he do? Well, he's an. It's so funny that I'm about to say this because of this quote that you're making me think of. But Stephen Fry is a British guy who is an actor and he has done some comedy stuff and a bunch of writing. He's brilliant. Uh, but this quote, I. I read from him recently that I posted a few days ago is he said, Oscar Wilde said that if you know what you want to be, then you inevitably become it. That is your punishment. But if you never know, you can be anything. There's truth to that. We are not nouns. We are verbs. I'm not a thing, an actor, a writer. I'm a person who does things. I write, I act, and I never know who I am because I never know what I am going to do next. I think you can be imprisoned if you think of yourself as a noun. Mm. And that makes me think of what you're saying, because it's even the values, we, the value system that's created by, within us in culture. I mean, I'm thinking of the cliche quote that's always put up, I'm, I'm, I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. It's about, we want to put ourselves in, with, at that's, least from- I've never heard that. You've never heard that? It's like one of, it's one of those freaking things you uh, <laughs> <laughs> you brand into wood and put it over your, yes, uh, your yes, Pinterest kitchen it's, stove. <laughs> It's at home goods. I'm a human yeah. do it. But it's, uh, and I, I remember it's hearing that. It's one of those things you throw away when you're redecorating. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> Does anybody want, Christian, do you want this? I don't, no, I don't, you don't uh, want this. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, the thought that you, I mean, at least for me, and especially doing, I mean, doing this and having these conversations with some people, it's, I'm almost, I first thought, man, what am I, what am I actually curious about? What is this whole journey for me in life? What am I curious about? And I think the ultimate underlying thing, the ultimate curiosity that I've been trying to discover is who am I? Mm. Like who, like who, what at the core of me is me? Like what? Yeah. What makes me me? And I think I've held on to a bunch of nouns. Like Rob Morgan is this. Rob Morgan is, and because you're not a human being, we don't want to. We don't want to strive too much for things. You know, we just want to be in the moment and just be ourselves and be who you are. But at the same time, like every freaking thing you guys are saying, it's dynamic. It's all about maybe who we are isn't this. I mean, I guess we are nouns in one sense. But we are this, we are, maybe we are more of a verb. Maybe we are a movement. Maybe we're, because that doesn't have to be, you that doesn't, I want, I don't want that to get translated into, we are, uh, the things we're striving for. We need to be doing things and striving. We can't, no, you're not, this isn't something contentment. way deeper than well, that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious, this is kind of an open question. Yeah. Cause the three of us are very creative. Like we've been doing creative things. And I think back to when. I enrolled in college and yeah. said, what do you want to major? And I was like, I have to pick now. Like I'd rather oh, just yeah. take some classes and yes. figure it out later. But they like, cause it's instilled freaking within you ever since you're in high school. What are you gonna do with your life? Right. And, 
so the question is, are we as creative guys, like we've all done creative stuff with our lives, whether it's music or, or otherwise, do you think that's the questions that we have where someone else just falls into the, like, the structure of, oh, I couldn't wait to tell them that I was going to be a lawyer. And then I stayed on that track mm-hmm. and I kept with it my whole life. And that brought someone joy was knowing that there was a track to be on that Mm. um like this whole conversation we're having is this almost like the like-mindedness of us saying like oh like you you saying like who am i who who is rob morgan yeah Um, and finding that there's almost more joy in finding the the openness of who you are instead of the the definingness of who you are yes where someone might be the opposite, where they're like, "Oh, once I finally found my 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 track that I was going to be on, that's when I f- I realized who I was." Yes. Well, and a lot of this, a lot of this is very interesting. Someone was explaining to me the the line maybe between a modernist and a postmodern mindset, and a lot of the way we're thinking flies in the face of like a modernist point of view, which is. It is this or it is this. It's binary. It's black yeah. and white. These are the parameters. And when you grow up with those parameters, uh, someone was, I was in a conversation with someone recently and they were, we were talking about a certain subject. They're like, I just, it's, I'm, I just need to figure out that place where I put my stake in the ground. And it was kind of like, why? Why do you need to find that place where you put your stake in the ground? Especially on this thing we were talking about. I was kind of like, yeah. but I, I relate. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm you're crazy for thinking you need to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, do we need to put our stake in the ground? Like how often and where do we need to put our stake in the ground? Yes. And um, it is a weird question. I'm sitting here thinking like, who am I? I have no idea. I yeah. can mostly define myself by the ways in which I piss people off the most consistently. Yes. <laughs> and like, like, and then the things that, and then things I do, like, those are the things I know the most about myself. Yeah. And that's a personality thing for me. Like, it's very much focused on like, like I produce cause I can really quickly find what's wrong with something. Yes. Uh, and that's a gift and a curse Yeah, in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know this. I, that's what you should have like etched into a board above your, <laughs> I've, above the studio. Like what, what's the quote? I produce because I can quickly find what's wrong with something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just on the back of your business card. <laughs> it's like, not really eloquent. It's no. just like very matter of fact. Yes. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I th- I think in your question of why do we feel the need to put a stake in the ground or yours, Christian, where you're like, why why, th- why does someone, I'm going to be a lawyer and this is the direction of me because uh, I think it's, I, I don't know. I think for me, it's because of comfort and stability in a sense of trying to make sense of this life because this, because life doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And this weird journey we're on, the fact of like we we all want to, we're all in the middle of finding, if we're talking about music or work or being a lawyer or any of that, we're all, we're all in this balance of I need to make a living uh, to support my family. I need sh- assuredness. I need, I need, uh, I need a for sure income. I need stability in that sense yeah. if you're going to have a family. But at the same time, I want to create something and have the openness of the unknown and embrace that. 
And so none of the life makes sense, but we're trying to make sense of it. And it feels good when you can put your stake in the ground, for me at least. It's like that right there is me. That's who I am. Yeah. And like I'm a, I'm a lawyer because then if you know who you are, then you don't have to wrestle with any of the questions. You can just, this is what I do. Well, I know what my tomorrow looks like. And on that, I've, and this is kind of the macro side of things, but like we've probably all had moments where we're like, I don't know where the money's coming from next. Like I don't, yeah, I don't know how the next year pans out, yeah. Um, and I think about someone who never has to ask that question until a recession hits and they lose their job, and all of a sudden they are asking those questions of themselves. Uh, all of a sudden, that comfortability of like, oh, I don't have to worry about where my money's yes. coming from, right? And all of a sudden, I do, but at the same time. I'm questioning the structure that I was so dependent on, like for my meaning, right? Like how much of that just dictated who I was. The illusion of safety and security. Yeah, which it's not a new concept, but the the amount of times that we've probably all kind of like skipped off of that, like, okay, I'm changing the way I do things. I, I've done them this way and now I'm going to do it this way. Yes. You like jumping the micro, off, the micro adjustments in yeah, life. Yep. Yeah. You jumping off and doing studio work. I remember being like, that's what you're going to do. And I'm sure that was a moment where you're like, can I do this? Like, what does this mean? I was years me? behind. You probably knew before I did that. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was already doing it for years before I even knew what I was doing. Exactly. Dude, you know you own a studio, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. Well, I'm not sure if this is what you're getting at. That there's something you were doing where you're talking about like bouncing off. I we've maybe talked well, about just in saying that we as creative people probably are in that more where it's we haven't had that 30 year track of you'll do this and then you'll retire. Right. We've had to reinvent ourselves, which the person who ends up losing their job and then like thinking about what do I do next? This is so uncomfortable. We've almost, we've gotten kind of used to that uncomfortableness, yeah. which keeps us open-minded or yes. whatever. Like, yes. Just- to go one layer deeper into the rabbit hole, because I'm, I'm totally tracking with you. Oop, tambourine. <laughs> just instruments everywhere. Um, are we considered, are we labeled as creatives because experiences we had earlier and more often in our lives had us making those micro adjustments and maybe seeing through the matrix earlier. Whereas maybe somebody I've known enough people that in their thirties, when target was doing the mass layoffs, they're like, Oh, I made all these decisions for security and it's gone. Or they bought at before the housing bubble burst. And then they're like, Oh God, like they're having these realizations. Like, who are we talking to about? Like, we feel like we were geniuses because we bought low, but that's really just the phase of life we were at. Yeah. We found yes. a house for cheap. We're like, Hey, we can afford it. That's great. Like, yes. you know, we have no money because we're musicians growing up as kids. Like our dad was, um, like handing in his management position to go back to start over as someone working with clients again and build up a practice in what he was doing. And so we saw someone say, yeah, the secure thing is not working for me. I'm just not happy. I'm doing this mm-hmm. other thing now and we're going to have a lot less money for a while mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. So, mm-hmm. and not to mention, we also were, were fortunate to grow up with music, but like we, we saw that earlier. So I think maybe we had, we put less stock 
in the secure thing and then maybe we get labeled creatives because we're like oh we'll just do what we like doing yes <laughs> uh. you know and do you know how many guys have asked me all right man like younger guys right um they're they're like okay because they're trying to figure out how did you get to the point where all of your income was from doing music from doing cre- doing studio doing creative stuff and i was like oh you think i had a plan yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, I was just doing the next thing and paying attention to the wind. Yes. You know, like I never thought this is what I'd be doing. Yes. You know, or this version of it. And I never thought that I'd quit all those gigs. And I never thought that like I'd be transitioning from this to this and like, oh, that looks cool. Like the next thing. Yeah. But like saying, but the best thing I could say then was like, when I follow the wind, I've been fortunate enough to have everything I needed fill in behind me. Like there was something about the universe that like supported that decision-making method. <laughs> like, yes. Oh yeah. Cool. He jumped. We'll put a little bit of land under him mm-hmm. to step onto next or whatever. Yeah. And that's all I can say. That's the only experience anecdote that I can have. Oh man. Yes. And because not only if we're in if we're in this conversation of that's how this works that thatness of how the journey works not a misunderstanding and trying to hold firmly and try to figure out the right process or someone else's journey of how you got to where you are say i like where you are right now i have this i have this theory of i call it my lightning theory if I look at you and everything you're saying of where you're at right now, and I assume you had a plan, so I go and I see, I map out your life journey of all the decisions you make because I want to get to where you are. Lightning never strikes twice in the same place. And not only that, we don't talk about the fact that lightning can never carve out the same trajectory through space uh. when it's striking. So not only is me looking at your life, which is a lightning bolt, which is completely unique to yeah. you, you know? <laughs> That's zigzagging its own uniquely. Yeah, there's so many ions and these things that factor a lightning bolt in the in the atmosphere. By not only is that not going to get me to where you are if I try to simulate my life after you, it is actually detrimental to me getting to where I need to be. You will actually yeah. you will actually inhibit yourself from being able to go on your own journey to find to get to your own trueness yes does that make sense yes uh joel hansen is someone i love so dearly and i've looked up to since i was a kid like listening to the records and actually having the opportunity and for christian i got to like go to one of our heroes houses and start recording an ep oh yeah it was like so cool what is happening right and then he so graciously quickly dismantled the me you boundary mm-hmm. re- like laid everything about himself really bare in a way that is still affecting to me to this day years later after he said hey do you guys want to play some solo like be my solo band uh hey we should produce records together blah, blah. like mm-hmm. all these things he invited me and us into that were like way ahead of where we were actually at like really he extended like a line of credit to us that we hadn't uh qualified for Oh, have yet cool. to make the payments on. Yeah, we haven't made payments on. <laughs> uh, but the check is in the mail. The check is in the mail. And um, in the process of that, again, like, right, 
lightning bolt trajectory. How could I ever tell anyone, okay, so get your idol to invite you into some stuff, be incredibly gracious, teach you everything they know, and then allow you to make your own decisions about where you align and do not align with the way they do things so you can find your own path. That's all you need to do. Yeah, that's all you got to find. That's it. Oh my gosh. Easy. But like the space that he made for that and... And this, when he made that space, my realization of like, I don't have to do it all like he does. He actually has me here because he doesn't want me to. He's ha- he's having me here because he thinks we can augment what yes. the other person is doing. Yes. And the gift that that was is like unquantifiable, like yes. immeasurable. Like, oh my gosh, as like a 24-year-old kid, he's letting me in the, be in the room with him. And he's got like this Grammy nomination thing up there. And he's yeah. written these songs and he's telling me all the stories about the failures along the way. You know, like, yeah, come on. Oh, man, I love that. And mm. yeah, and maybe it even goes back to what we were talking about earlier of, you know, my misunderstanding of base stuff of thinking about how do I how do I become someone that other people, how can I figure out what other people want and become that so then I can be a valuable asset in the music industry mm-hmm. It is one of the most detrimental questions or focuses I had in my artistic career. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't until I realized, no, my, your only job, you get the technique down, learn from other people. I'm not saying that. But your job is to be as completely authentically and completely yourself. And that is when life is going to open up to it. And that's when you see the beauty of life and not hold on to that sense oh, of self dude. and the sense it's dynamic. And only then... Is the are, are will things open up that are completely tailored to your own experience? Dude, that's uh, on that. Amazing. Okay, so I'll name drop. Aaron yeah. Fabrini was probably oh. the, the first guy that I was like, oh, I want to be like him. Yes. And in my head, there's a static line between me to becoming Aaron. Right. Mm-hmm. If I just yep play like listen yeah. to what he's doing. So that's the static line. The dynamic line is me trying to be Christian Ancrum because that path has no oh. static line. Like I can't I can't look at me in five years, ten years and know oh, what that line is. Shit, yeah. I have to figure it out. And that's the whole dynamic side. That is the scary part. If I want to be someone else, that's static. If I want to be myself, that's dynamic. Oh hell yes. That's so good. <laughs> and oh you, that's so good. Yes. And yeah. I think the there's a really fine line between looking at um, people who people or groups or whatever who are uh, at a higher level than you and maybe where you would um, aspire to be and saying uh, and and what are what can you recognize from what they're doing and apply to your own life for example taking a band and saying like oh if I use these instruments and use them in this way I'll make that sound versus Here's how they approached finding their creative process. Here's how they didn't let themselves get trapped into it. So um, basically watching the process by which people allowed themselves to become themselves. Like that is that is a way to learn from someone that you respect. Like I love how they got there. How did they get there for them? Yes. And then applying like basic principles like to yourself. Like what are the, what are the basic things that helped Aaron become what he is? And what you were saying was beautiful like the transparentness with which he showed up with the full like he's he's so uniquely him and brings that with seemingly again like this unselfconscious way yeah 
you know, I, I've never really picked up like a self-conscious vibe from him about just showing up in his own way and doing what he does and being okay yeah. with it. So that would be like the take home of like becoming Aaron Fabrini or become, or I love this. The way Aaron Fabrini became Aaron Fabrini, that's how Aaron Ancrum could become Aaron Ancrum or whatever, right? Like that's what he did. And you, and you put it, I think in a much more, uh, like encapsulated way than I am right now. Oh no, dude. <laughs> everyone no, just rewind oh, 55 dude. seconds. And yes. just... it. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, man, I dude. Oh man. I almost, I almost have tears in my eyes thinking of what you just said, because I think about, man, I think about, um, how much time I wasted in my life wanting to be like when I see other people and like you're saying of like the Fabrini's or uh, other people and, and I wasted time thinking, Oh, my goal is to be like that person instead of realizing the goal. Oh man. What you just said is like, it's not telling people don't look at other people and learn from them. Look at someone you respect and say, I want to be so fully myself yes. as much as they are so fully themselves. Yeah, that's the take. Oh, man. <laughs> that may, that's exactly what you, yes. you were saying. It's like, oh. That's the distilled version yes. of my rambling. Yeah, yes. that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, dude, and because I get so cheesy because I even tear up because it's so beautiful. Dude, I you saying thing, that, man. It's, man, I, it's am, I just think it is, it's so cool. And that's why I am impacted by music or people on stage because they are so fully, they're, I think seeing someone, maybe I heard it said that seeing someone so confidently and fully themselves is like a log on fire where that ignites other people to be fully themselves. Yes, it is. And I just, I think it's so cool when you see that. That's really good. Ordinary love 
Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening uh, interviewing editing recording listening to something unrelated to a podcast nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness hey Hofi can I steal you for a second do you have anything you want to say about Guinness I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more that's all alright that's it thanks Uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. (laughs) Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. (laughs) Perfect.